G'day, you guys. Welcome to this episode of The Goss. Today, I sit down with my dad and we talk about the gossip, the news that is going on down under in Australia, but also worldwide. Obviously, we talk about the coronavirus to try and give you an update on the situation there in Australia and talk about a few stories going on, um, yeah, down under (laughs) relating to the coronavirus. There have been some definitely interesting stories about panic buying continuing and people bussing into rural towns in order to strip the shelves bare of their supermarkets. Uh, We also talk about a bunch of serious topics, including anti-vaxxers, so people who are against vaccines. We also talk about a white supremacist who was arrested in New South Wales after allegedly planning a terror attack. Then we get onto the topic of pedophile priests in the Catholic Church and a man named Vincent Ryan who has just been convicted of abusing two more children, making his his uh, number of victims something like 35. We talk about the SAS soldiers who have been uh, accused of committing war crimes in Afghanistan. And, you know, if if war crimes are an unavoidable part of going to war. And then lastly, we talk about genetically modified cows. So, these are dairy cows that have been genetically modified in Australia to not grow horns. And we talk about GMOs, genetically modified organisms, more broadly as well. So, there's lots in this episode, guys. Don't forget, if you want the full transcript, you want the full video, you want to be able to learn and consume all of this episode's material, as well as all the other podcasts and Goss episodes, sign up for the premium podcast. Podcast or sign up for the academy at aussieenglish.com.au. Without any further ado, guys, kick the kookaburra and let's get into it. Dad, what's going on? Hey, Pete. Hey, topic of the week coronavirus. I know, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Australian Football League starts tonight and. Um, it's been on again, off again for the last couple of weeks, but uh, the AFL have decided that they're going to run round one, but with no spectators. So, this is as close as I'm going to get to supporting my team this week, uh, watching it on television. But Do you think that's a good idea? Hang on, get this crap off. I'll leave the hat on. It's way too hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's way too warm. Yeah. That was a scarf for anyone who's not watching the video. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you want to talk about that too quickly? Why does AFL and rugby... In Australia, I mean, I don't know what it's like elsewhere in the world, but in Australia, we sell merchandise like scarves. Yeah. Why is why is a well, scarf a thing? It's a winter sport. Yeah. Um, so but we don't do it for you know basketball or no, we, but or? but basketball's an indoor game. Yeah. Um, you know, well, we now have indoor football. With given that one of our stadia has got a roof on it, but um, I think the uh, it's just comes from that old tradition of you know going to the football decades ago when you know it's the middle of winter, it's pouring with rain. Um, it's cold, it's windy, so you wore jackets and scarves, and uh, so clubs have just kept that going. Yeah, it's funny. So, what's happening with the AFL? Yeah, I said round one starting this week. In fact, starts tonight. 
uh, normally they'd have seventy to eighty thousand people at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. They'll have about a hundred, and none of those are spectators. They're just, you know, running the stadium. And of course, the two clubs will be there, but uh, yeah, no spectators. It's a bit and weird. What staying about a meter and a half away from each other at all times? That could be a challenge. Yeah, if they add an extra rule to the football where you're not allowed to tackle and you've got to stay a meter and a half away from people. But I mean, that's a bit of a joke. But it's quite serious in the general uh, sense. But uh, a lot of sports have chosen not to play. Uh, the, I know that uh, a couple of sports in America have uh, just cancelled. Uh, they're not playing at all. Yeah. Um, whereas at least the AFL and the NRL, the National Rugby League, are, uh, are playing but with no spectators until they decide otherwise. What seems so funny, like uh, I thought we could smash out all the corona stuff um, and get into the other stories because people are probably a bit fatigued with hearing coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it is interesting seeing all the, the ramifications, right? Because you don't mm. expect, oh, okay, well, there's an epidemic of, you know, a flu virus that goes around the world and therefore the football season's going to be heavily disrupted. People won't be able to see the football and there'll be fewer games as well. Yeah, right? they've reduced the season from 22 games to uh, 17 games plus the finals still. But, yeah. Uh, so that's a, and I, th- they've done that not so much as a health risk thing, but given that that'll now give them five weeks up their sleeve in the season. And if they have to cancel, they won't have to cancel the whole season. They can just put it off for a few weeks to see what happens and still complete what they set up to do at the beginning. And what else is going on? There's the Olympics, which is being, thought of being cancelled. I'm not sure what the yeah, deal is there, knows? but that's in July, right? That's is in July. 18 and, weeks out? Yeah, and I I don't know, obviously, but I think the IOC will leave it as late as possible to call that. They're not going to cancel now and have sort of egg on their face when uh, everything's okay in July. Uh, yeah. So, I think they'll leave it until the last few weeks. Um, Japan's been doing really well too. I heard I was listening to no surprise. S- some news and they had, I think, in the- f- I think after they got to 100 cases within the next week, as they were doing a sort of comparison of all the different countries, Japan only had, after seven days, 200 cases, whereas Mm. Australia, I think, had over 500 in that same period. And, and, you know, it's gone crazy over in Italy and Spain. Yeah. I think yesterday, more than almost 500 people died in Italy overnight from the virus. I know. know. So, what other things? There's things like- um, Small businesses are getting really disrupted, right? Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, there's obviously now restrictions on crowds. So yeah, you, know, you can't you can't run an event that is going to have more than five hundred people at it, and that's the regulation that the government have brought in. So you're actually breaking the law if you do well, it. That's but an outdoor suggesting- event, right? Five hundred is outdoor. One hundred is indoor. indoors, um, and they're suggesting less than that would be the ideal. Yeah, um, which is obviously why the AFL and the NRL have gone down. All saying we're just not going to have spectators, but we'll still have the game on television um restaurants large restaurants are affected um small cafes are probably still okay because they're unlikely to have a hundred people in them but well many people are not going to them anyway so they're affected indirectly in a sense they're not being banned from trading but nobody's going to well they're not being yeah in trouble with they're not in trouble with numbers but they have fewer people coming in to buy things yeah and therefore the casual staff that they have don't get shifts they can't pay their rent yeah 
So, and the people who are renting their their houses or their you know places where there are businesses aren't yeah, going to yeah. receive the money look, because of that. So. I heard this morning that um, that Qantas have asked thirty five thousand of their yeah. staff to take a month's leave without pay. Yeah, they can take it as annual leave if they've got annual leave. Yeah. but um, because they are just running far fewer services, very yeah. few people are flying now, so they don't need people on the ground or on you know, the phone or in administrative offices and so on. So that's a. I mean, Qantas is one of the biggest companies we have. Do you that's think that's fair hit. of them to do that with without paid leave? Well, the the choice they have is that um, they continue to keep people on doing nothing mm. uh, because some of those people, you know, if you're an operational person at an airport, there's nothing for you to do. You're not multi-skilled to go and t- take on another job in the meantime. Um, and if they keep paying them, then in the end, it's going to cost them billions of dollars in the long term. And I think they've done it as a risk management tool to just say, look, you know, in the short term, let's try this um, and hope that we can get back to normal uh, in a few weeks. But, yeah, because yeah, the alternative is they end up going broke and have to sack everyone. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, it seemed, yeah, there was- Do you want to take a small hit or the chance of a much bigger hit? I think there were some politicians raging up about that because they were being forced to use their, um, what's it called? Like the long-term leave that they save up. For long service leave. Long service leave for when they're potentially going to retire and get um, a payout yeah. for the long service leave. Yeah, and which not what long service leave is intended to be done. Long service yeah. leave is intended as a you've worked for 10 years uh, with just your normal leave and therefore you're entitled to a longer period of leave. It's intended to be taken every 10 years. It's not intended to be yeah. saved up for uh, for retirement. Um, but the one that is probably the most annoying is that Casinos seem to have an exemption from the crowd thing. <laughs> How does and, that work? Uh, the cynic in me would suggest that you know governments love getting the uh, you know they get a huge amount of tax revenue from yeah. casinos, uh, but you know, you've got small businesses, restaurants right next door to you know Crown Casino in Melbourne, uh, who are having to close because they're. They, they can take more than 100 people and they can't sort of suddenly go, oh, we've got 99 reservations. We're not going to allow anybody else in the building. Uh, whereas the casino, which would have thousands of people in it at any one time, is allowed to operate. And yeah, they're in the same building, effectively. It's a bit bizarre. Yeah. I guess so. um, other updates are that, yeah, we've been put into, well, we've been warned to brace for a six-month yeah. um, lockdown, right, which we haven't seen since World War II. Right. Which is what just going to be a lot of self like isolation, self isolation, only emergency travel, yeah, you know, or to the shops, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah, the closure of public services and buildings like museums, concerts, cultural events, um, yeah. bunning sausing, sausage sizzles are, are closing gone. down. Yeah, <laughs> office staff are told to work from home. Families are urged to avoid visiting their elderly uh, relatives. Yeah, yeah, what do you think of that? Well, I mean, the elderly are you know certainly the most vulnerable, not the only vulnerable people in the population, but they're the most vulnerable to this disease. Yeah. Um, the downside of that, of course, is that if you're an elderly person and you're in a home, a nursing home, um, then loneliness is a thing that, yes, you might have other people around you, staff yeah. and other uh, residents, but if you don't have family coming to visit you, and this could go on for weeks or months, um, then mental health issues for elderly is going to be a big problem, I think. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, Australia's had now six deaths. Yeah. Five in New South Wales, one in WA. And that was the first one. Yeah. yeah and we've had almost 600 people infected. It's probably above 600 today. I'm yeah. not sure what and it I is. And I think we've but... hit every state now. So Yeah. 
That's and and territory and territory, yeah. and it looks like it's likely to cost the economy a trillion dollars worldwide. Says the oh, UN it, trade. It'll be more than that, I suspect. You know, yeah. That in reality, we've we've already had a uh, probably a half a trillion dollar hit to uh, stock markets around the world. Now that's not mm. costing anything to the economy, but it's costing people's investments. So, how do you feel about that? Because I know that you have a lot of investments. Yeah. Well, tied my up in- my superannuation is more than fifty percent tied up in shares. Yeah. And so my superannuation now is probably worth 20% less than what it was two months ago. And you'd spent, what, 10 years recovering from the from last the, recession, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. In so, 2008. Yeah, yeah. So what is that going to ha- have in terms of roll-on effects with with well, people? That, that just means that my you know, I'm going to have a smaller amount of money to live off. Yeah. Um, or I'm going to have to go back and find part-time work just yeah. to you know, keep propping it up. So, any other points, I guess, to make on on coronavirus? There have been some vaccine trials in humans that have begun. Uh, I think in the US, there have been 45 volunteers to get the vaccine Mm. from Kaiser Permanente Washington Research Institution. They have to get two injections over 28 days. And I assume they're just going to see if these people then contract or don't contract the virus. I'm sure sure they're not going to infect them with it. Well, I mean, you know, the the typical trial would be that they would infect them. Really? Um, But for a deadly disease, you're not likely to do that. Yeah. Uh, Either that or they're finding people in the lowest risk category. And, yeah, I saw the headline for that story, but I haven't read any details of it. So, uh, yeah, of what the tests actually involve. But typically, uh, yeah, because at the moment, yeah, let's look at Australia as an example, 25 million people and we've had about 500 cases. So we're dealing with a very, very small chance of getting the disease in the next few weeks um, just based on you know, the likelihood of, of coming in contact with it. So if I were to go off and get a, um, you know, a vaccination trial and I wasn't exposed to the disease, it could be three months before I might get exposed to it. In which case, how are they going to tell whether it's useful or not? So, mm. uh, yeah, it's a challenging one. Um, but look, you know, it's one of those risks that um, as a society we have to take if we're going to develop a vaccine. But yes, you don't want to put people's lives in uh, danger to be able to test for well, it. Well, I didn't realise too how much there is involved because vaccines can have side effects where they mm. can trigger your immune system. I think there was something, I don't remember the specifics, but there was something where there was a vaccine released, I can't remember if it was for measles or something else, and when people received it, I think they were immune to measles, but then it did something to their um, immune system and made them more susceptible to something else later oh. on, so that it is a very nuanced thing that takes time. You yeah, can't just rush it out typi- worldwide. Typically, vaccines take a decade yeah. uh, to come out, Yeah. Um, other than things like the flu vaccines, which we're so good at creating those on an annual basis now. Well, I'm sure we're uh, just modifying them, though, right? Oh, yeah, it's exactly. there, and yeah, you just yeah, tinker with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's not a brand new thing. So. Yeah. I was watching um, a TV show called Pandemic, How to Prevent an Outbreak, which I'm sure, not by chance, was suggested to me on Netflix. <laughs> and <laughs> Funny about that. The, the thing in that that really surprised me was that in Oregon, uh, the state of the United States of America, they have a huge anti-vaxxer movement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea how big of a thing it was there. And the ignorance in terms of what vaccines are, how they work, mm. how they're created blows my mind because you had these, ironically, it seemed to always be mums. Didn't often seem to be men or dads saying, "Yeah, I'm an anti-vaxxer," but it would be these mums that were sort of new-aged hippie kind of mums raising kids on you know large properties mm. with lots of animals and veggies, and they would be like, "Well, I would prefer that my kids just play outside and develop their natural immunity," which is a good thing. 
but you do the vaccination in addition to that. Yeah. Then, well, do you uh, want to talk about how that obviously doesn't work in terms of becoming immune to diseases like measles or even the no. coronavirus well, you have now? To be, you, your immune system works on the basis that you have to be exposed to a disease or a pathogen, uh, you know, which is causing the disease, um, and then it develops an immunity to it, assuming that you survive. Yeah. And uh, things like measles uh, and in the past things like polio and smallpox and so on have a reasonably high death rate. And so, you know, I had measles as a child. Um, I got very sick, but um, that was before measles vaccines were uh, were really available. Wow, you had measles. Um, I yeah. I knew that. No, I had measles when I was a child. I was six or seven years old. Do you remember? Um, yeah, I do. What um, was it like? Um, sick. <laughs> but I mean, um, what were your memories of like, cause well, I remember getting chicken pox and going through that process, but I yes. imagine that measles is well, chicken measles pox on steroids. Worse. Yeah, it is. And obviously you don't have the itchy sores on you, but you come out in this rash all over your body. Yeah. Um, you've got a high temperature. You feel, yeah, it's, it, you feel like you've got a severe dose of the flu. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, you're really just knocked about and, I was probably knocked around for about two weeks. Yeah. Um, and you, you don't want that, obviously. So, so that whole idea of having you know, natural immunity, yes, you'll get natural immunity to normal pathogens that are available and around in your area. So, um, you're not going to get, unless you get exposed to chicken pox or measles or any of those sort of things, you're not going to develop an immunity to it. Immunity is not a general thing. Yeah. You become immune to every single pathogen by your immune system working against it and uh, well you need you need to come in contact with it in order to actually develop in order immunity. to develop the immunity because your body develops antibodies specific to yeah. every pathogen um, and that's why we have to keep taking you'd think you know I've had a flu vaccine uh, but the flu virus as we've already spoken to her in round one of this series yeah. um, is it evolves very quickly it's a very simple virus yeah. um, and it's so prevalent that it evolves very quickly uh, well, it's whereas things like measles it's, a, it's effectively it's- like that virus has two locks, three locks on the outside of it, yeah. and your immune system has three keys yeah. that can fit into those locks, and if you unlock it, you kill it. Yeah. But the problem is that each year it can mutate one of the locks change and it changes, bit. and yeah. you have to keep up by making new keys, exactly. right, to, yeah. to keep yeah, up good with analogy. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, w- what was it like, though, growing up with things like measles and polio being- Obviously, something very- I think there's a guy who's still in an iron lung Mm. who had polio as a kid. And so, I think from my limited understanding, it affects your your nervous system so that you can't walk properly and you may not be able to breathe. And the iron lung is because you can't breathe. And yeah, Yeah. so, the iron lung is effectively this big machine that I think changes the pressure inside of it to open your lungs up. But your body has to be effectively kept inside up to your neck. And you can't really get out for, for very long at all well, if you can't, can't get out at all. breathe. Yeah. yeah. So, having that as a real threat when you were growing up, was there an anti-vaxxer movement? Um, look, there really wasn't. It's sort of the anti-vaxxer thing has become a- it's, it's sort of a new thing, really. Was it religious um, initially, if there oh, was any? Uh, well, there are some religions that are opposed to vaccinations. Mm-hmm. And mostly those religions are not opposed to vaccinations- Specifically, they're opposed to medical intervention. It's like Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, Jehovah's right? Witnesses yeah. won't take, you know, blood transfusions. They organ donations. Don't want organ donations. Yeah. They don't even want surgery mostly. Yeah. So, yeah, vaccination is just considered as a you know, another one of those, you know, medical interventions. Um, I think the modern 
anti-vaxxer thing has come out of who knows where, but it's come out of this sort of postmodern thing of saying, well, you know, I just want to get back to nature and be natural. And then it seemed to have run a second course of that with a bunch of sort of B-grade celebrities deciding mm-hmm. they're going to support people who are saying, you know, vaccines cause autism. Yeah. No, they don't. Look at the research. Well, and that, that <laughs> doctor who published that, that yeah. research was later completely disgraced. Yes, and that, exactly. that research was But shown he still to be keeps getting flawed. quoted by, yeah. you know, as I say, these, you know, B-grade celebrities. But, you know, who well, prefer to believe a B-grade celebrity on television than intro, a, you know, in, the World Health Organization? To pause you there, I would rather my kid had autism and was alive than had measles and died. Yes. So, <laughs> so even if it was the case that there was a Which high proportion yeah. know, of children yeah, receiving bizarre. autism, it's kind of like, it's well, bizarre. okay, at least they're not getting measles or polio, smallpox. Yes. Whatever yeah. other diseases that would kill them, which yeah. autism doesn't do, even if it, it was the case. I that know it, it is it. bizarre. And look, the other the other <laughs> side of that too is that vaccination is not just a personal choice. Yeah, uh, because we need herd immunity uh, for the people who, for various, and there's a very small percentage of the population who simply cannot take uh, some vaccines. They're allergic to the medium that they goes into, or they have a um, a really um, compromised immune system. Well, they've got chemo uh, at the moment you know, Chemotherapy for cancer, which, again, compromises your immune system. So they can't get vaccinated. The yeah. only way they can survive is if very few people are around carrying the disease. And so there is a, it's almost the social responsibility side of vaccination that is yeah. as important and seems to be just forgotten about. Uh, people to you know, wave their little anti-vaxxer flag as this is you know, the you know, my personal choice. But I think that freaks me out more though is the lack of interest in science and evidence. Right. Now you're going to wind me up to develop to develop your opinions about something like vaccines. And on the other side of that, the thing that frustrates me more is the amount of confidence these people have that oh, they know yeah. more than, say, an educated doctor yeah. or they someone know more who than creates the World Health Organization or the chief medical officers in the country they live in, or you know, even their general practitioner. You know, there's it, it's it's a bizarre sense of self confidence that is based on nothing but hearsay. Yeah, uh, they, you know, and it is. It's about science education and and understanding that we make decisions in our lives based on evidence yeah and what does evidence mean and i'm sorry but hearsay and opinion and anecdote is not evidence even if the anecdote is true yeah that's the one in a million potentially one in a billion I think as opposed to that's the thing that gets me because I, research in that this, is examining in this, the other options in this doco i saw a lot of people giving evidence when they were trying to pass the bill that would mandatory mandatorily cause people to have to get vaccines in yeah. oregon and there were a lot of just these you know i had it and i got a severe rash in my arm and so all vaccines shouldn't be forced on anyone like it seemed to be a lot of that anecdotal oh, evidence of, of like you know i once knew someone whose child yeah. had this happen to them so i don't want any other child to have to get it no. it it just blows my mind but do you think that this epidemic or pandemic now that that's spread everywhere do you think that's going to change a lot of the anti-vaxxers' minds? Do you I, think we're going to have a movement? Look, I don't want to use, you know, obviously, a, a potentially the most dramatic thing that has happened in our lives uh, to the to the world from a health point of view, uh, certainly since HIV. Um, I don't want to use that as to be sort of flippant or cynical, but- I would almost guarantee you that there'll be a whole bunch of anti-vaxxers queuing up for the vaccine for this virus when yeah. it gets created because all of a sudden they've been exposed to 
the media constantly banging on for weeks at the moment, it'll be months by the time the vaccine gets released, if not a year or more by the time the vaccine gets released. They'll have had the media banging on about this is horrible, this is horrible, this is horrible, this is how to prevent getting it, this is how to prevent getting it. And all of a sudden they're going to go, well, you know, I'm not going to get the measles vaccine, but I'll go and get this vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, it just blows my mind. Yeah. There was a, on the note of famous people, and jumping on the anti-vaxxer bandwagon or trying to get back to natural, you know, nature and everything like that. Miranda Kerr, did you see what she ended up doing? No. no so, Miranda Kerr is a very famous Victoria's Secret model from Australia, I guess. And she has an Instagram with something like 12.2 million followers. And she shared a guide on how to deal with the coronavirus from medical medium um, Anthony William. So, it was all about effectively drinking more celery juice. Uh. Do you think sh- celebrities like this should face repercussions for this sort of- Yep. Yeah. Yep. What, what do you think should be done? Because, yeah, it is you have I, a disproportionate amount of influence. I just think uh, Google should just cancel her account. Yeah. Yeah. And because, let's face it, she's got 12, 12 point something million followers because she looks good, mm. not because she's a spokesperson on health issues. Uh, and so, when she comes out and starts making those statements, she has to be held accountable for it. And there's no legal way of dealing with that unless yeah. somebody can prove that following her advice and being un, you know, reasonably influenced by her um, has caused them to have some negative side effect. And let's face it, who's going to sue her because she's got far more money than the average person has, so mm. she'll last in court a lot longer. Um, but- they have to be held accountable to the point where if you're going to abuse social media, you shouldn't be allowed to use it. And they're never going to do it because, let's face it, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube are going to much rather have her with their 12 million followers than me with my 12,000 followers. G'day, mate. That was the first half of this episode of The Goss. If you would like to continue watching or continue listening to this episode, make sure that you sign up for the premium podcast or academy memberships at aussieenglish.com.au where you will get full access to these entire episodes of this series and much, much more. You can go check that out using the links below or just go to aussieenglish.com.au. Once again, thank you so much for joining me, mate, and I will see you next time. Peace. Peace.